KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzay Torah. This is Ezra Beck. Today's Thursday. Another share in the series of Agadot Sefer Breshit. Last week, um, we saw Midrash, Pashachet, Midrash Dalid. We began the creation of man. And that Midrash spoke of um, the opposition, the opposition of angels in general, to or the difficulty that the angels raised, Bidat Hadin raised against the creation of man, based on the fact that evil would come from him. And and the answer of the Midrash was that God didn't pay attention to that. Right? We discussed what that means, what the idea was. Today we have a continuation of that Midrash, it's the very next Midrash, Midrash Hay. But here the argument is is uh, is more subtle and more defined. And the opposition is more finely tuned. This is a very, very important Midrash, and therefore I think it's very important that we understand it. Midrash hey, Amar Rabbi Simon. When God came to create man, Adam, the angels, the ministering angels, became uh, groups, groups. They were divided into, I guess we call it parties, from a political point of view. Kitim, kitim They became warring and disagreeing groups. Mehem omrim al yibara, umehem omrim yibara. Some were in favor and some were against. There are angels who were, who said, their groups said, al yibara, Man should not be created, and there were those who said Yibara, they were in favor of man being created. Hadao Dikhtib in this Pasuk, which is now being quoted from Tihilim, Perek Pehe, this Pasuk will be the defining uh, Pasuk for understanding this disagreement between the different angels. Chesed Vaemet Nifkashu Tzedek Vishalom Nashaku. Chesed, very difficult word to translate. Chesed, giving to others. For some strange reason, it's often translated in, uh, in English translations as grace. The word is meaningless in, in most contexts. Chesed is what you do when you give tzedakah, when you help people. Okay? So, chesed ve'emet nifgashu. They met truth and Kindness met tzedek v'shalom nashaku justice and peace also met they kissed they they got together okay now the midrash is going to explain what that means the groups that meet in this pasuk are the opposite groups so it's God made them come together chesed omer yibara shuhu gomel hasadim. Chesed, kindness says, let him be created. For he will be gomel chasadim. He will do acts of loving kindness. In other words, the, the attribute, it's called an angel in the Midrash, the attribute of God, the good trait called chesed is in favor of man being created because man will increase the amount of chesed that there is. Emet Omer, Al Yibara, 
Amazing, amazing phrase. Truth said, he should not be created for he is completely deceitful. He is all lies. Let me just read the next example. Tzedek v'shalom was a second pair in the Pasuk. Tzedek, justice or righteousness, says Yibarash who has set tzedakot. He should be created for he also will do acts of justice. Shalom omer al Yibarah. Peace, says let him not be created. The kule kitata for he is completely 100% kitata. Discord, fighting. He is completely the opposite of peace. Okay, so the opposition I think is interesting because, after all, logically it doesn't make any sense. Uh, man is, as last week's Medrash pointed out, a, a complex mix of good and bad. So, why does Chesed say, oh, let him be created? Because he will do acts of kindness. Doesn't bother Chesed that he will do acts of cruelty. He says, okay, but he'll do acts of kindness. Whereas Emet says, he's completely deceitful. Completely deceitful? Surely he tells lies sometimes and tells the truth the other times. Just like he does acts of kindness sometimes and acts of cruelty sometimes. Same thing for Tzedek and Shalom. Tzedek says, he'll do acts of righteousness or justice. Peace says, he is completely katata. He is completely in discord. Sometimes there's peace and sometimes there's not. So I think the answer is obvious and has a lot to, to do with the meaning of this Midrash. Emet and Shalom, truth and peace, are absolute midot. In other words, if you have a little bit of war and a little bit of peace, that's Kulei Ketata. That's completely discord. The attribute of peace has to be complete peace. I mean, everybody sleeps. Everybody eats. Sometimes you can't be fighting all the time. A man of war doesn't fight all the time. But by definition, the attribute of peace demands absolute and total peace. Or to put it in another way, peace itself is not necessarily... A, a, a valuable thing. It's the absence of war. So the attribute of peace is the, the whole content of the attribute of peace is having absolutely no war. Same thing for truth. You said something that's true, th- that's what you're supposed to do. It's eliminating all deceit. The total opposition to deceit that defines the midah of truth, of emet. Whereas Tzedek and Chesed, their defining characteristic is themselves. An act of kindness is a valuable thing. The fact that yesterday you were cruel doesn't detract from the fact that today you did an act of kindness. Obviously, kindness is opposed to cruelty. But what kindness wants, the, the, the object of desire, of the heavenly, divine attribute of kindness, is that there should be more kindness. The attribute of Tzedek it wishes that there should be more justice, more righteousness. The attribute of emet and shalom doesn't want more, relatively more truth. You can't have 
relatively more truth. It doesn't recognize relativity. What it wants is no deceit whatsoever. And until it achieves that goal, it hasn't achieved everything, anything at all. And that's the argument between these midot. Because man is a complex being, and there are two midot, two traits here, two attributes of God, emet and shalom, which cannot agree to complex, morally complex beings. They are, if you, if you like, these are simple-minded traits. Either you are truthful or you're not. It's like the story, you know, you're, you're, your child comes home and you ask them uh, from school and you got a note from the teacher. You say, what did you do? What did you do? And he tells you something. You say, is that the truth? He says, well, a little bit. And as a parent, you explode. You can't have a little bit of truth. <laughs> if you Either you tell the truth or you don't. Were you fighting? Well, I was actually doing some peaceful things. No good. You, you, you can only meet the standards of peace if you there was no fighting whatsoever. Whereas if a person does some nice things, maybe some not nice things, the nice things he did are valuable. So here, as opposed to, I think, last week's Midrash, whereby uh, uh, there simply is absolute opposition to evil. A man has the possibility of evil, so Midrash then is against it. Here, it really is much more subtle. There definitely is value in the existence of man who will do things. In a world in which there are no men, or a world that doesn't exist, in the non-pre-created world, there's only God. So, there is no possibility of acts of kindness. There's no one to be kind to. There is no possibility of acts of, uh, of, of, of justice. There's no one to be just to or just about. There does exist total truth. There does exist total peace. So man's existence is inevitably a diminution in the absolute value of divine peace and divine truth, whereas it, it involves an increase in actuality, in actual actions, in acts of kindness and acts of justice. So the Midrash says, Ma asa kadosh bochu. Once again, God has a problem because He's not going to uh, ignore, at least not in the usual sense, the claim of emet and shalom, who say absolutely not. The Midrash, interestingly enough, ignores shalom and only relates to what God did about the claim of emet, shakulo shkarim. Truth said that He was fully deceitful. And God has to answer that. The answer, once again, is not the answer that we would expect from a rational, philosophic, fair, and measured individual. What did God do? He took Emet. He took this trait, this angel called Emet, and hurled him to the ground. God threw Emet to the ground. So at this point, it sounds like more or less like last week's. God said, you have a good argument. I shoot you down. God just threw him away. And then proceeded, I guess, to to create man, ignoring the claim of event. If the Medrash would end here, it would be more or less like last week's Medrash. There is a claim, a logical claim. God ignores the claim, for he has some other idea. But Medrash does not end. 
Hamru Malachai Hasharet Ifnei Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So the other angels, all the other angels, in concert said to God, Ribon Olamim, Master of the Universe, Ma Atam Bebaze Tachsis Al Tichsi Hashelcha. They said to God, Master of the Universe, how can you disgrace? How can you treat in this disgraceful manner? The this is the way the commentators interpret the phrase. Your royal signet ring. It's the seal. Emet is the seal of God. Emet chotamo shel hakadosh baruch hu. In other words, there's some sort of a a a a, a basic. A, a, it's okay for God to ignore me, but but to create the world. Against Emet? Imagine you can create the world against, perhaps you can create the world against Shalom, which is why Shalom isn't mentioned here. God just could ignore peace. So the world will live in discord. But a lie? False? If it's false, it doesn't exist. The world has to be created according to truth. God, basically the Midrash is saying, the Malachim say to God, you can't do anything against truth, because truth is Chotamo, the seal. Right, the seal on the ring. In ancient times, people would sign the letters with a signet ring. The seal of God, the thing that makes whatever He does lasting, is emet. So you, you can't do that. And then, the Midrash, the way we have it, reads as follows. There seems to be a lack of connecting words here. The angels say to God, emet Min ha'aretz. Let truth rise from the ground. Hadau dechdiv emet me'aretz tismach. In Tehilim, the same parak we started with, Tehilim parak peihei, emet me'aretz tismach. Truth grows from the ground. And that's the end of the Midrash. What happened in the last step? God wants to create man. Truth basically vetoes it. God hurls truth to the ground, is about to create man simply ignoring truth. The angels say, how can you do that? You can't do things against the truth. And then it says, let truth rise from the ground. As is written, truth grows from the ground. So the truth is that the, the commentaries on the page of the standard edition of the Medrash Rabbah say that God backed down, he threw truth down, and then he said... Let it come back to the heavens from the ground. As is written, But that can't be the correct interpretation because then, how did he create man? Obviously, the next stage, it's not written in the Midrash, but the next stage is that, and God created man. This whole Midrash is going on the Pasuk that says that God made man. So, I think that the Pshat here is something else entirely, and this is a very subtle and very important Midrash. Truth does not allow the creation of man because man is false. God hurls truth to the ground. Very interesting place to hurl him. The ground is where man lives. But Hashlech Emet Alza is throwing him from the heavens to our habitat, to the place where God is now creating. The angels complain that that's 
That's a bizayon. That's a disgrace. God is disgracing His holy seal of truth. And the answer is, ta'ale emet minavis isn't an undoing of the previous stage. It's not saying, okay, I'm sorry, let him come back. Ta'ale emet minavis, as the Pasuk says even stronger, emet me'eretz titzmach. God said to the angels, it's not a disgrace. Because truth will grow from the ground. And here, the Midrash is saying that you angels are familiar with one kind of truth. The truth that exists in pristine purity in the heavens. The truth which does not allow any compromise. It doesn't know anything between kulosh karim and truth. If you're not 100% truthful, then you're 100% deceitful. And that's a correct vision. As I pointed out last week, the Midrash uses angels to express logical truths. Which God may not agree, but it, it's correct. As we pointed out, truth is truth. And anything less than perfect truth is false. But nonetheless, God has another version of truth. And he's saying something which is logically paradoxical. Ta'ale emet mina'aretz or emet me'enretz titzmach there's a kind of truth which grows growing truth is what exactly what the attribute of truth objected to you can't have more or less what do you mean it should grow that's why I like the pasuk even more than the language of the midrash ta'ale emet mina'aretz is the language of the midrash pasuk says emet me'enretz titzmach but they both say the same thing truth will increase it will rise it will grow. Truth can't grow. Well, truth didn't think it could grow. Truth said, either I'm 100% perfect or I'm completely dead. You can't have 50% going on 60% of truth. Again, giving more of the same story I told before, if you had a, a child or a student who told lies, and you told him he has to improve, so he comes back after one week, he asks him how he did, he says, well, Last week I was 50% truthful. This week I'm 60% truthful. So, truth says, that's very nice. I'm glad you're going in the right direction, but you are still a liar. God says, Emet me'enretz titzmach. Truth can grow. There's a kind of truth called human truth. Called the truth of man. It's exactly the reason why God makes man. Not only, not so much, and not only because he will do some acts of kindness and some acts of uh, of righteousness. But because he will do something which didn't exist at all in the world before the creation of man. He will increase. He will increase from day to day the attribute of truth or, or the attribute of good. And if you angels do not understand what is the value of increase, but God does. The point being made by this Midrash is a very, very crucial and important uh, uh, value statement. We are used to evaluating something by its state. You give a mark to a student. You give a, 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 a commendation to a neighbor, to a member of the community, to a 
to a worker. We're saying, what are you worth? Are you worth 50 points of something? 50 points of value? 100 points? 150 points? In school, we give grades. How much do you know? What kind of a student are you? Are you a 60, a 70, an 80, or a 90? And that's what the angels are saying here. So, man, in the truth scale, gets something like a 50, which is always failing. If you're not 100%, then you failed. God says, I have another way of evaluating. And it's not where you are, what state you're in, how many points are you worth, but where you're going. Emet me'eretz titzmach. I have a student who in the previous test, the midterm, got a 50. And we spoke. I encouraged him to do better and he made a bigger effort. He has to be rather stupid. But he tried really hard. And on the next test, he got a 65. On the final, he got a 65. How much is he worth? What's In what state is he? The answer is 65. But he went from 50 to 65 and that's also worth something. So because we don't really recognize another way of evaluating people other than by giving them a mark, so the teachers in elementary schools give them an extra five points for effort. But he doesn't get it. It's not really true. He's not, he's not worth 70. His mark is really 65. But he also gets a mark called plus 15. Moving. 50 to 65. It's a different evaluation. It's called, in modern philosophy, it's called process philosophy. We're viewing the value of man, of my student, of this world, not in what it's worth by the absolute scale. The absolute scale is God. And the absolute scale, by, by the absolute scale of God, everything here is worth nothing. By the absolute scale of emet, this world is totally, totally, totally deceitful, totally corrupt. God didn't make the world so that it should be truth. He had that before. He didn't make the world so that it should be peace. He had that before. He made the world to achieve a value that didn't exist in the perfect world. That's the value of perfecting. I would have said perfection, but perfection has two meanings. It means perfect or it means the act of becoming perfect. So I'll say perfecting. And, and the angels say there's no such thing. It's all very nice. Maybe it's encouraging. Maybe we should encourage him because eventually he can reach the perfect state. But, but as long as he's not perfect, then he simply is corrupt. And God says, that's not what I'm looking for. Emet me'eretz titzmach. When the, 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 the vine of truth, whose roots are embedded in this corrupt world, in this decadent world, in this world of mixed values. That's where the roots of this plant are. But the plant is reaching up. It's growing from the earth in an upward direction. So where is it? Ah, it's very, very far away from the heavens. In fact, it's infinitely far away. And therefore, by simple math, you haven't even gotten any closer. It before it was infinitely far away, and it's still infinitely far away. And therefore, it's not emet at all. This plant of truth is not truth. 
God says it is truth. It's not the truth we knew before. It's not the truth of heaven. It's the truth of man. And what is the truth of man? The truth of man is the increase of truth. You say truth doesn't allow increase or decrease. God says, even emet, not just a little bit of chesed, a little bit of tzedakah, but even emet, even absolute values, have relative value. And the relative value derives from their coming closer, relatively speaking, to the original perfection that existed in heaven. I think what this Midrash is saying, is explaining, is what is the purpose of creation? I mean creation of man, but I, I think it means what's the purpose of creation? What does God get? The famous question of the Rambam, why would God create the world? It doesn't add anything to God because God lacks nothing. And obviously the world doesn't need to be created because it doesn't exist. And God doesn't need creation because it doesn't add anything to Him. Why would perfection make something? I think this Midrash is answering, and it's not what the Rambam answers, but I think this Midrash is answering is God created a world that is imperfect by definition. And He does get something out of that. Something that does not exist in his perfection, in his emet, mukhlet, his absolute truth, his absolute peace. What he gets, aside from the first answer of the Midrash, he gets acts of kindness. He gets acts of, of justice. God is Baal Chesed, God is kind, God is good, and God is just, but he has no place to, to, to apply it. And now he does. So that's one thing that he gets. That's the angels who are always in favor. But that won't be good enough because they're angels who are absolutely opposed and you have to answer them. And God's answer to them is not, as the previous Medrash says, simply ignore them. When he threw Emet to the ground, he wasn't trampling Emet, as the angels claimed. He wasn't disgracing Emet. He was planting Emet. He was planting truth in imperfection. The world is imperfect by definition because God wants imperfection. What? God wants imperfection? Is that what I said? Yes. God wants imperfection not for itself. God wants imperfection because it's the ground, the earth, the bedrock of perfecting. God wants Eretz, the land of man, because that's the bedrock from which Emet will grow. What kind of a met? You have to change your whole focus to evaluate, to valuefy, to, 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 to cherish that kind of a met, the kind which is rooted in man, in imperfection, in ground, in dirt. The kind which is rooted in, rooted in lies. Let's be, let's be honest. A met me'eretz titzmach means that truth grows from lies, from deceit. It's a different kind of truth then simple logic holds. It's a different kind of truth than angels can understand. And I think most of us, most of the time, do not understand it either. But it's the kind of truth which a human being and which God can understand and does understand and does want. And that, the missing line in Midrash, after God said, Emet me'eratz titzmach, missing line, and then He created man. In other words, the opening line of all these Midrashim is the Pasuk. He said to the angels, let us do it. And then you have this argument, and then 
Vayitzer Elokim et Adam, and God made man bitsalmo ubiddemuto. What does it mean, bitsalmo ubiddemuto? In his image, man is made in the image of God. The image of God is truth. Man is made in the image of truth. How could that be? He's fully deceitful. Deceit doesn't. It's not the image. Doesn't uh, uh, mirror truth. God says it does mirror truth. The deceit of man, which is growing, which is purifying itself, mirrors in an imperfect manner. But it mirrors truth. I won't make man different than myself. That you don't allow. And you're quite right not to allow. I am good. I don't make man bad. I am truthful. I am truth. I don't make man deceitful. I make man bitsalmenu uchidmutenu. Says truth. I don't see it. He doesn't look like me at all. God says he does look like you. He's the mirror image. In an imperfect world, man is a man who's trying to become more truthful. A man who is engaged in repentance, in tshuva. Such a man is the mirror, broken image of absolute truth. And what is that worth? So here the Midrash leaves it for us to understand. Tzemicha, growth, has a value of itself that the end goal does not share. When we come closer to God, there is a value in our coming closer that is different than the value of the absolute goal to which we are coming close. It's not different and separate. It's different and reflective. Coming close to perfection has a value of perfecting. Were there no perfection, there would be no value in perfecting. If there was no emet b'shamayim, there was no emet in heaven, there would be no value in emet hatzomachat, in the growing truth. It's growing towards the heaven. Let truth begin to come back to heaven. And as long as it's on that path, it both shares and I think to some extent um, surpasses or surpasses in a different manner the value of the truth that lived in the, in the heavens. And that is today's Midrash. I think it's a completion of last week's Midrash. And we have, in Riyat Hashem, justified the existence of man in a, in, a, in, a, in a complicated manner. Because what the bottom line says is that you don't have to be perfect to exist. But that doesn't mean that, okay, it's okay to be imperfect. No, no, no. God doesn't allow imperfect things to exist. You don't have to be perfect to exist as long as you still live the expectation and the potential of coming closer to perfection. Imperfection is justified because it's a step towards perfection. God doesn't compromise and agree to an imperfect world. He wants the imperfect world but why? But why? He wants the imperfect world 
because he wants the perfect world. And the world which goes from imperfect to perfect, the world, world which, which, which surpasses itself, the world which transcends itself, must be imperfect in order to become more perfect. And that's the value, the value of transcendence, of perfecting. And that's the answer if you can apply it, if you fulfill it, if you are if you remain at least an image of God in your imperfect nature, then you have an answer to any claim that absolute justice and absolute din and absolute emet and absolute shalom makes against you. Your answer is trying to be better. And that doesn't merely give me, okay, we'll give you a pass. That is in fact the purpose and goal of the creation of man. And that's it for today. We'll be back next week with another session in Agadot Parishit. This has been Ezra Beck speaking for KMTT, Kimitzion, Titzei Torah, Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim, the Torah podcast broadcasting from Alon Shifut Yeshivat HaRetzion. Kol Tov, and we'll be back again next week.